So Sean, last time we met, you talked about a few emerging trends in the M&A world. Um, what, what have you seen most recently? Um, currently in the market, probably 75% of the businesses we're selling are to trade. I think what people will find very interesting is probably half of the businesses we're selling are going to overseas trade. In particular, well-financed US buyers. We just sold um, Clyde Union pumps to SPX for £750 million. That completed the back end of last year. Uh, the week just gone, we advised on the sale of a TENS um, to Domtar, which is another North American buyer for €180 million. Euros. So you've got the, the North American buyers there, but also we're finding interest around the global market. One of the things you said last time, Sean, was that uh, volatility is the new norm. Um, is that still the case? Well, I mean, it is, and I think things are going to be volatile for a long time. But actually, um, I like volatility. It's, it's, sort of the, it's a type of corporate finance world where you've got to add value. You've got to make things happen. Uh, and I'll let John Lane talk about this, but the CPA deal, 950 million acquisition for Sinben, which is about making a deal happen for someone. And uh, that's what I enjoy about corporate finance. Mm. So does your work in progress reflect that volatility, that mixture, that international combination that you talked about earlier? I mean, very much so. What we're finding, and this is always the right thing when you're exit planning, is we're getting retained very early and you start a great deal of preparation on the business. Um, what, you, what we're finding that in the main, you don't actually kick off a process until you know that you've got the right um, appetite from trade there. And that education process sometimes can take a while, especially yeah. coming back to you know, if, if they're an international trade buyer, they've got to understand the opportunity and, and that communication takes a while. You've just advised uh, Clyde Blores on the 750 million sale to SPX of their, uh, their Clyde Union pump business. Um, as I recall it, that took some time to get from exchange to completion. What, what was the reason for that? I think the, the key reason was merger clearances. Um, and it's a feature um, that we're seeing increasingly on transactions. As Sean mentioned in, in his introduction, 75% of the deals we're doing now are to corporates, 50% of those are to overseas corporates. These are large, complex businesses with global operations. And often, therefore, they have to apply for merger clearance in various territories around the world. Uh, and that was the particular case with, uh, with that transaction where it was actually in particular China um, that was the, uh, the sort of principal territory where we were waiting for clearances on. Okay. And more generally, I guess this is something you see a lot of, though, because I know you work very internationally in terms of your client base. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, increasingly with large multinational corporates, uh, the need for regulatory clearance is becoming a key feature of the transactions that we're involved in. Um, I'm currently working on another uh, several hundred million euro transaction where I think the initial list we started out with was 14 countries around the world, again, because the buyer was a large uh, corporate from, from the US. Uh, but I think what's important to remember with these is that it's not a given as to which territories you do need to apply for. Uh, it's often subject to commercial judgment. It can be the subject of negotiation. It can be the subject of actually using local offices to understand that process, which is something we've done quite effectively using our international network. So on that particular transaction, I think the initial list was 14, uh, and we actually got it down to one through uh, discussion and taking a sort of commercial view around some of those uh, territories that we need to get clearances in. So John, you've just advised Sinven on their 950 million acquisition of CPA. Tell us a little bit about what CPA does. Yeah, CPA is a really interesting business. It's a global leader in uh, patent administration. So it uh, helps people file initial patents and then renews them on a, on a cyclical basis, usually annually. 
Uh, that gives it great robustness of earnings, visibility, um, and strong cash flows. Business has grown very strongly, um, doubling in size over the last uh, three years, and um, it's poised for even further growth as it exploits its presence in the Far Eastern markets, which are growing strongly. Great. So all the characteristics of a great private equity deal. Um, what about from a banking perspective? Uh, how did you find that? The banking, um, as ever in this market, is, is somewhat challenging, but for an asset of this quality, banking was actually quite easy to achieve. We had two banks that were prepared to each individually sole underwrite the, uh, the debt package necessary to fund the transaction. Hmm. And uh, timescaling-wise, um, you know, how, how long did this process take? Yeah, from launching the process through to exchange of contracts um, was a period of around six weeks. So pretty remarkable, particularly um, taking into account that covered the Christmas period as well. Hmm. So an intense period working with uh, private equity, uh, got that deal done. Any other comments you'd like to make in terms of you know other type deals that you're seeing in the market? Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's polarising. I think you know for the really good quality assets, there's extreme hunger, lots of capital available to follow them through. Uh, I think for more mediocre deals, there's often a gap between you know vendor and purchaser price um, expectations. Mm -hmm.